Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op, offering fuel, food, and drinks on Highway 13. Arcola Co-op, you're at home here. Today we have our usual Friday look at grain markets this week. Wheat was up and canola was down. Saskwheat's weekly outlook is always fascinating. We have it today with an interesting look at the wheat market. Real Agriculture discusses canola crop production and soil sampling. We have the AccuWeather winter forecast. It's cold and stormy. Manitoba's final crop report of the year. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Grain prices were mixed this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says canola is down $7 a ton for the week, while wheat futures are up $0.30 a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front, November canola is down approximately $7 a ton for the week. Again, there is uh, the holiday in the Canadian markets on the Monday this week. So kind of uh, backing off from a little bit of the highs, we did see kind of last week November canola get up to about $935 a ton. But again, the November contract will be expiring pretty soon. So the January is starting to take over uh, a lot more of the volume. When it comes to Minneapolis wheat, the December Minneapolis wheat is up approximately 30 cents a bushel here on the week. And right now sitting at approximately $9.77 a bushel. So that has been quite a large rally we have seen on the Minneapolis wheat front. What were the factors pushing canola down this week and wheat up quite a bit? Well, when I look at the kind of overall markets, let's start off on the canola front here. So the USDA report was slightly bearish on the soybean side of things. So soybeans actually did push down to a level not seen since March of this year. So that was definitely a factor. On the soybean oil front, soybean oil has started to climb a little bit here. So I think that has actually kept canola, you know, fairly stable in that regard, as well as to when it comes to canola here, there has been a large push higher on 
kind of other oil seed markets as well too. So with canola, you know, again reaching some of those highs last week, it's it's not a big surprise that we have seen a bit of a pullback here this week. So that's what I'm kind of watching for on the canola front. And the wheat, what pushed wheat up? Well, when it comes to Minneapolis wheat, there's a few kind of major factors here. So the, actually, the December contract has reached new contract highs six out of the last eight trading days, looking like it'll be another seventh trading day higher here as well, too. One big thing that's happening is kind of weakness in the U.S. dollar and a bit of a surge higher in the stock market or kind of seen as positive outside market forces that are, I think, really pushing kind of just some of these grains higher. Again, talks of inflation as well, too. And then I think a main factor was this week the USDA did report tightening U.S. and world ending stocks. So that's something to to kind of keep in mind for going forward here. There's some talk of traders thinking that because of record high fertilizer prices, there might be a shift away from wheat and corn and actually leave more for soybeans and other oil seeds around the, the world. So that's something that if we do see, you know, tightening stocks on the wheat side and maybe even less acres go into wheat next year, traders might be kind of setting up for, you know, a $10 Minneapolis wheat on the futures potentially. Yeah, the outlook for next week and beyond? All signs are right now very positive for Minneapolis wheat. Given the levels that we're at on the December contract, $10 is in sight. Now we'll see if there's any, I would say, selling pressure as well. But right now you'd be definitely betting against the trend on that side. Adam Picallo is a PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca and Farmtronics in Regina. Your farm electronics specialists. From moisture testers to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. The latest market outlook from Sask Wheat says the latest USDA World Wheat Report is positive for wheat prices in the future. Marlena Borsch with Mercantile Consulting says U.S. wheat supplies are the lowest in several years. The USDA global wheat outlook for 21-22 is reduced, is for reduced production, lower consumption, and nearly unchanged trade around 200 million tons, and smaller ending stocks at 277 million tons versus 283 last month. The Canadian wheat production was reduced by 2 million tons to 21 million tons on reduced harvested area. The StatScan estimate is still at 21.7 in comparison. This is a bullish report on wheat and especially supportive of hard red spring wheat. Borsch says there were some cash market activities in the marketplace this past week. Tunisia did buy 100,000 tons of Durham last week at 677 to 686 US dollars per ton, which is about $21 a bushel Canadian for Thunder Bay. The Philippines tendered for 224,000 tons of wheat for these through March, that's feed wheat, but we have not seen any results yet. US export sales last week were in the middle range of expectations at 333,000 tons 
But the season total of 419 million bushel remains 21% down on last year. We note that the Baltic Panama index appears to have topped out, but freight rates for handies and capesides vessels continue to rise. To continue, here are some of last week's major news in the wheat markets by major origin, and we are starting with Canada. Final yield data on Sask from Saskatchewan Agriculture had hard red spring wheat at 30 bushel per acre. This was 3 bushel per acre higher than in their previous September 6 estimate. The updated Sask Ag estimate is in line with Stats Canada SEPT 14 estimate at 30.3 bushel per acre. This is for spring wheat. This means that 15.3 million tons of spring wheat were produced in Canada compared to 25.8 million last year. About 6 million of that were produced in Saskatchewan this year. Regarding 21-22 Canadian wheat exports, according to StatScan, Canada exported 1.5 million tons of wheat during the month of August. This is down 25% from last year. Japan was the top destination for Canadian wheat, importing 186,000 tons, an 18% increase from last year. In shipping week 9, Canadian wheat exports were 126,000 tons for a season total of 2.5 million. That's 66% six, of last year's volume. And for Durham, the Saskatchewan yield is estimated at 19 bushels an acre. ...would cause production in Saskatchewan to fall an additional 655,000 tons to 2.9 million tons from StatScan's 3.5 million ton estimate. In comparison, last year Canada produced 6.6 .6 million tons of Durham. Have a look at the graphs in the written report. They are telling. Regarding exports, Stats Canada shows that 28% more Canadian Durham was exported this August compared to the same time last year. Most of the increase can be attributed to a 70,000 ton sale to the US and a 60,000 ton sale to Belgium. US imports are three times higher than last year and reflect the small Durham harvest in the United States. The primary destination for Durham uh, Canadian Durham in August was Morocco, whose imports are consistent with last year's. However, we think the demand by Morocco will ease this fall, as domestic production in that country has recovered from the previous year's drought. There was a notable decrease in exports to Italy, which imported just 22% of last year's amount. Per the table we inserted in the report, Durham production in Italy has increased from 3.9 million in 2020 to 4.3 million in 2021. That's an 11% improvement. EU Durham production has increased from 7.2 million to 8 million tons, also an 11% improvement. The European Union generally imports between 1.5 to 3 million tons of Durham annually from all origins and between 600,000 tons and 2 million tons of Durham from, from Canada. Canada will not have enough tonnage to maintain the export pace to the EU of the past two years, especially given the increased demand by the US this crop year. Borsch says drought in the US remains a concern, 
Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting compiles the weekly market summary for the Sasquheat website. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. I have here with me Warren Ward, who is an agronomy specialist with Canola Council of Canada to talk about, well, soil sampling and kind of having that plan right at this time of the year, especially after a drought-stricken year. It's been dry across the prairies, and we kind of want to talk about why this year of all years you're going to want to get out and soil sample. Do you want to tell me why? Yeah, so it definitely has been a bit of a challenging year, and anytime uh, you know we see that and yields were lower than than anticipated, so we want to go and and see what's left in the soil in terms of nutrients because there's a good chance everything that we applied this spring probably wasn't used up. So uh, now more than ever is a great time to go out and do some soil testing. And the way I like to look at it is it's really part of that broader four R management plan. And so if we think about four R's, that's the right source at the right rate at the right time and in the right place with regards to to fertilizer. So when we talk about soil testing, we're really diving a little bit deeper into the right rate because uh, we're planning for next year now and uh, fall is a really great time to get out there and do that soil testing. And and like uh, this year, more than more than ever, it seems like just because there's a good chance there's higher than normal nutrient levels left in the soil after that challenging year. Now, another thing with soil testing uh, and that we're facing this year is we've we've kind of had a really open fall. It's been warm. Um, what what are you? What sort of temperatures are you going to want to be doing that soil testing at? Yeah, so ideally, I like to tell people that we go as close to freeze up as possible. And the reason for that is once that soil cools down, there's less biological activity happening. The the nutrient levels aren't as subject to change at that point. And that'll give you a really accurate picture of what will be available in the spring. So normally, we like to say kind of 10 degrees or lower is a really good time to start that soil soil testing process. Um, You know, in a year like this, though, we can't wait forever to get started on it either. And and rather than waiting and missing the boat, you know, I'm, I'm all in favor. I mean, we're into October now. The nights are starting to cool down a little bit. Uh, I, I think it's a really good time to get out there and get started on the process. And for most people, I mean, most farms, you know, they're not going to do it themselves. They're probably working with an agronomist of some sort, whether it's from the retail or an agronomist that they work with. And uh, and so those people are going to be busy and have a lot of fields to cover as well. So uh, make sure you're, you're talking to your agronomy uh, professional and, and getting in their queue to, to get some fields done this year. Now, if you are actually, because there are some farms that will do it themselves, if you are going through that process through, uh, for the first time, do you want to talk about what some of the things you're going to want to pay attention to when it comes to soil sampling, you know, not testing in certain high spots or low spots, things like that? Yeah, it's going to it's gonna vary a little bit for everybody, just depending on what you want to get out of it. Some people are going to just want a good average indication of that field of what it is. So you're taking that composite sample, like you said, from average areas of the field, avoiding the low spots, avoiding the high spots, and just trying to get that, you know, average production estimate and, and see what's left in, in the soil in those areas for nutrients. And then using, you know, taking those nutrient numbers that are in the soil, using next year's yield goal, and then just seeing what the difference is there. And that's that's what our right rate is going to be for next year is the, is the difference between that soil test level and the and your yield, uh, the amount you'll need to achieve your yield target. 
Now, some people are going to want to do a little bit more in depth than that too. So there's, you know, if we start thinking about zone management within a field and, and variable rate applications, now we're breaking the field into different zones or, or uh, production capabilities, basically. And, and uh, we're, so each zone is going to get its own set of samples and, and uh, then we can really kind of focus in on what, uh, on how to manage each zone appropriately. Now, another thing you guys are looking at when it comes to, like you said, the whole 4R for, for story as a whole is you're looking at the right source. Do you want to talk about, you know, if, if things are dry and you're getting it, you're seeing more nutrients in the soil, What, how does that play into it? Yeah, so I like to think of the four R's, so, and we're focusing a little bit on the right rate, but the other R's are important too, so source, timing, and placement. And and so now if we start thinking about what is the right source, you know, if someone was looking to do some fall banding, uh, I would, you know, stay away from any of the fertilizer sources, I'm thinking nitrogen in particular, that are that contain, that contain nitrate in it, just because that is more subject to losses. So think about your ureas and maybe your UANs, or, or, or sorry, not UAN, uh, so UAN. UAN would be one to avoid in the fall because of that that nitrate component. Um, but anhydrous ammonia would be an option again in the fall as well. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Sunny today, wind west 20, the high 11, the low minus 2. Saturday sunny, the high 15 tomorrow, the low plus 3. Sunday sunny, the high 23, the low 5. Monday, sunny, the high 17, the low minus 1. Tuesday, sunny, the high 7, the low minus 3. Wednesday, sunny, the high 10, the low minus 1. Thursday, sunny with a high of 13. Normal high is 11, the normal low minus 3. The sun rose this morning at 721. It sets at 607 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Maple Creek in the southwest corner at 12 degrees. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay at plus 2. Esteban and Saskatoon both 8, Swift Current 10, Weyburn 8, Yorkton is 10 degrees. Regina, sunny and 8, that's 46 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 22. Humidity is 58%, the barometer rising 101.6. Sunny and Moose Jaw, 10 degrees, winds are from the west at 26. Once again, Regina, sunny and 8, that's 46 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. The latest forecast from AccuWeather says the Canadian prairies could see a bitterly cold winter. The La Nina weather pattern has formed in the Pacific, which means colder than average and stormy weather. 
This is due to an amplified polar jet stream, which can usher in colder air and more frequent storms. In Saskatchewan, the AccuWeather forecast says the polar vortex could be displaced from its normal area above the North Pole and plunge south from time to time. As we had last February with the La Nina pattern, it can make for a bitter few weeks. AccuWeather meteorologist Brett Anderson says there may be at least three extreme blasts of bitterly cold air dropping into the southern prairies this winter, with temperatures below minus 30. He says the winter will be about two degrees colder than average for the southern prairies, amid likely the coldest winter since 2014. Climate Corporation has released an Angus Reid survey on Canadian consumers' trust in local food production. The report reveals a high level of trust in Canadian farmers, with three in four Canadians confident in farmers' ability to meet Canada's food demand. The confidence was strongest in Saskatchewan and Manitoba at 93%, followed by Alberta at 84%. The consumer confidence in farmers was lower in B.C. at 68% and Quebec 71%. Ontario is 78%. Substantially more Canadians gained respect for Canadian agriculture during the pandemic than lost it, with nearly two-thirds saying they now have more appreciation for the industry, particularly in the area of domestic food security. Climate Corporation spokesman Marvin Talsma says confidence in farming is generally high, but public knowledge of the agricultural industry remains low, and he wants to change that. He says there's an outdated view of agriculture, with only 12% of Canadians who see agriculture as more innovative than other industries. He says the public does not realize the amount of innovation and adoption of technology on Canadian farms. On farms with 10,000 acres of cropland, 94% use automated steering, and 97% use GPS. A Saskatchewan youth is one of four Canadians to be awarded the 4-H Leadership Excellence Awards of Distinction. The award honors youth who have become exceptional leaders through their 4-H experience. Each recipient receives a $20,000 scholarship toward their four-year post-secondary studies plus are placed in an ongoing mentorship to gather more skills. The Saskatchewan recipient is Jessica Davey, who receives the scholarship for sustainable agriculture and food security. Researchers at Queen's University in Belfast, Northern Ireland, are exploring the use of willow tree leaves to make farming more carbon neutral. Researchers say willow trees grow easily in the UK and are used as a bioenergy crop. The latest project will use willow leaves and branches up to 18 millimeters in diameter and feed it to sheep to see the effects on emissions. In comparing willow to alfalfa, preliminary studies show a 50% reduction in methane emissions. The next stage is feeding willow silage directly to animals with farm trials using sheep in early 2022. Researchers are also looking at the use of seaweed as a feed supplement for farm animals in order to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Researchers are expecting methane emissions could drop at least 30% from farm animals. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service, arcolabuildingsupplies.com. Harvest is at 96% in Manitoba's final crop report of the year. Manitoba Agriculture Farm Production Advisor Amir Farouk says it's been a year of extremes. So we started a little bit uh, dry site when we start. So like uh, farmers uh, seeded uh, 
uh, in some some fields were good in moisture but some was just uh, in the dry conditions and uh, then these dry conditions most of the summer were persistent uh, we got some rains and uh, but most of those rains they missed the critical stages of the crop especially in canola and wheat so in some areas like some pocket areas like brandon and uh, show lake and some other areas saint lazar those areas they got some good rains on uh, good times so so those those fields which got some moisture on time they have very good yield and uh, those fields which missed the those critical times they they were struggling those crops were struggling all season along but uh, like good news was that for long season crop like soybean grain uh, grain corn and sunflower like we got some good rains uh, in august in mid august and end of august which helped a lot for these crops and we got very good yield for soybean and grain corn and sunflower as well and even some uh, canola and wheat was also surprisingly very good yield in some fields so but overall were very mixed feelings for the farmers some are happy and some are just like disappointed with the yield and the crop but uh, we are hoping for the next year uh, like we will get some good moisture in the fall and good snowfall and hopefully this drought will end next year and it will be the good year for next year for the farmers Farooq's spring wheat yields ranged from 40 to 50 bushels per acre, peas 30 to 40 bushels, barley 50 to 70 bushels, and canola had a wide range, 30 to 40 bushels on average, but some were lower and others higher. Grain corn is 80% complete harvested and yields are 80 to 120 bushels per acre. Farooq says there are some feed shortages for cattle producers in Manitoba. Uh, feed situation is kind of uh, uh tricky this year so still some uh, there is a uh, reports of some shortage of feed and uh, they are uh, uh, replacement prices are also very high and some producers are looking uh, other sources feed sources but both grain and pellets have gone up price as well so native hay yields have been poor in most areas as well so but producers are trying to get some other sources and arranging their feed for the winter So and also we have the agri recovery program is happening to help the producers as well. So most of producers are planning to get their feet before the winter hit. And dugouts are also low and we are very dry in the water sense uh, side as well. So most of uh, those dugouts and uh, water sources are uh, kind of uh, going low. So hopefully this this uh, recent rain will help to little bit for this water issue. Amir Farooq is the farm production advisor for Manitoba Agriculture. He's based in Brandon. Canada's love affair with eggs is showing no sign of letting up. On the contrary, studies show that over the past dozen years or so, per capita egg consumption among Canadians has increased by about 40%. The average Canadian consumes well over 200 eggs a year. Just like with a number of products when the pandemic started, there were some shortages of eggs in some stores. But egg farmers of Canada chairman Roger Palacero says those problems quickly cleared up due mainly to supply management. Well, I think producers uh are really appreciative of supply management because what it does it brings a fair return for farmers for producing that product. And uh, we're seeing a lot of the next generations uh coming back to the farm 
uh, and taking over from mom and dad. In fact, uh, about 40% of our egg production in Canada is uh, being done by uh, 45 years of age or younger egg farmers. Uh, myself in particular, I have a son and a daughter that are back on the farm full time, engaging on the farm, and it's just nice to see that transition happen uh, because they know they can raise their families and, and make a, a decent living. They're not at the whims of the marketplace. They're not at the whims of Mother Nature, obviously, because you know the hens are housed inside housing facilities, and uh, you know pretty much can you know take care of that hen in the, the appropriate way to make sure she gets everything she needs to produce eggs each and every day. That's Roger Pellicera with Egg Farmers of Canada. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. APAS has announced the participants in this year's Youth Leadership and Mentorship Program. The program matches farmers between 18 and 40 with a farm leader over the age of 40 to learn about farm policies, lobbying and networking skills. The APAS mentorship participants this coming year include Glenn Munholland of Strasbourg, Cody Tateran of Ituna, Brett Spray of Priestville, Sarah Legui of Weyburn, and Madison Englot of Indian Head. FCC is a sponsor of the program and says the partnership will enable the mentees to meet with industry specialists at FCC and discuss the agricultural industry. APAS Vice President Ian Boxall is a former mentee and current mentor and says the skills he developed in the program have been critical in his agricultural career. Market Update now brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. And Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola rose $5.20 at $888.82. Lentils fell $25 at $1,007.50. Number one red spring wheat went up $10.07 at $415.72 per metric ton. The rest were unchanged this morning. Durham, $682.53. Feed barley, $324.65. Flax, $1,389.88. Oats, $445.53. Yellow peas, $544.89. Feed wheat, $261.65. On the Minneapolis Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for December gained 17 and a half cents at $9.77 and a half cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moosha. 2150 at a red and black Angus sale here on Thursday, followed by another 340,000 bulls. This cow market, it's lower again. I'm starting to sound like a broken record on that one. Just the sheer volume of these cows showing up all across western Canada and the northern states. Real good cows, 66 to 72. The sales rate to 75 and a quarter. Medium cows, 57 to 67. And these shellier cows kind of heads up on them ones 
This calf market was a little lower here this week on the second and third cut more than anything. The heavy calves, though, they're selling very well right now. We had a tri-load of 488 blacks at 229. Another tri-load of 533 blacks at 217 and 50. And a tri-load of reds, 592, 210 flat. The big 774 reds and blacks, so they bring 202 and 75. The 375 to 4 and a quarter weight heifers from 181 to 203. 425 to 500 pounds from 175 to 85. Sales right up to 90. And the 500 to 650 weight heifers from 172 to 86 and a half. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices for today. This is for both the Brandon Sig 4 and BP4, the Moose Jaw plants. One price, it's $195.34 per CKG. Currently in Regina with sunny skies, it's 8 degrees. That's 46 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west to 22. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families, in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasburg, and brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Moose Jaw is hoping to tap into underground heated water for its new agri-food industrial park. The city of Moose Jaw will apply for grant funding to drill a geothermal test well. Natural Resources Canada will provide full funding required up to $5 million to move the geothermal project to the next level, including digging a test well and feasibility studies into full-scale industrial use. The goal is to secure funding to continue exploration into the geothermal energy potential for use in heating and industrial processing at Moose Jaw's Agri-Food Industrial Park. Moose Jaw City Council has approved $54,000 to fund a preliminary economic assessment of the geothermal potential of land southeast of the city. Moose Jaw has a long history of using geothermal heated water with the Temple Gardens Mineral Spa and the former Natatorium Pool using geothermal water from Moose Jaw Wells. On the markets, the TSX is up 125 points at 20,945. The Dow has gained 292 points at 35,204. Oil is up 70 cents at 82.01 a barrel. The Canadian dollar has fallen 14 one-hundredths of a cent at 80.70 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive pre-emergent herbicide.